When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. We got some Super Bowl news or news coming from the Super Bowl about the Super Bowl, an old Super Bowl, lots of Super Bowl news. On top of that, Brian Flores is on his way to Minnesota. We'll break that down. And a new backup quarterback that the Pittsburgh Steelers could be targeting, according to one insider. But first, it's a uh, it's a gorgeous day out here, two days in a row. Weather has followed us back from Mobile. I'm very appreciative of that. How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. Yeah, man, Super Bowl week. We'll talk about all things Super Bowl. I mean, there's... I didn't think we'd be rehashing an old Super Bowl this morning, but no, no, not a thirteen-year-old super year old Super Bowl, but no. So it happens. That's teenage Super Bowl. Teenage Super Bowl. And let me tell you, it's uh it's surprising because I didn't I just didn't see it coming from this guy. What we were talking about is Max Starks, former offensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers, showed up on 93.7 the fan on Radio Row at the Super Bowl a place that we we have to get to. I'm sure we're not the only ones that are hoping to get there, but we will get there. Um, talked about his last Super Bowl appearance with the Steelers. Super Bowl, oh man, I don't even know the name of it. XL, what, what, what would that be? 13 years ago would be XLV. So that's... That'd be 40, 35. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 45? 30, 45? Yeah, 45, 45 is the number. That's a good one. Um, 45 and said that the Steelers lost for those of you who don't know the Steelers fell to the Green Bay Packers that year 31 to 25 um the loss was this is this is the quote I think we're going to we were trying to make sure guys had opportunities for bigger trophies at the end I'll just leave it at that then a little ways later he goes if you take one less pick away from that game we're talking about seven times Super Bowl champions instead of just six time. A lot of people blame that loss on Rashad Mendenhall and his fumble. You look back, this guy, Max Starks, is blaming it on Ben Roethlisberger without you know coming out and saying it, but most times when you're not going to name a name, you are really, really naming a name. Do you, you know, what do you take away from this? When you woke up and read this one, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, um, you know, I... I don't remember, you know, this wasn't a Super Bowl I watched super closely when I was a kid, but... Yeah, dude, how old were you in the Super Bowl? Like, 13? 
13 years ago? Yeah, I must have been nine. You were nine. Uh, yeah, I was nine years old. So, I mean, <laughs> t- take this with a grain of salt. But I, I don't know. Like, it just – it's weird, first of all. I don't know. It. Yeah, I think you have to have a, um, a certain uh, dislike for guys yeah. to – it, it, and it's one thing to think, oh man, Ben threw that a lot. I thought a running game could have worked in that game, but then to like to to bring it up one more time, thirteen years later, is a little weird. And I think just speaks to a little bit of the relationship that Ben had with his teammates at the time. Um, it wasn't always, I don't know. Ben probably thought that he was the best player on that team, and there was a lot of reason for him to believe that, um, and a lot of reason for him to want to put the game in his hands. But I can certainly understand how. Ben Roethlisberger, of all people, might have rubbed people rubbed rubbed some of his teammates the wrong way, um, and and at a certain point, wanting to win as much as he did can sometimes, I don't know, make make not drive other people away, but you know, rub people the wrong way. And I, I, I believe he felt this way. I don't know if, I don't know. The, I, I, one of the points he brought up was Ben throwing it 40 times versus the team running it 40 times. Yeah. 23 and Rashad Mendenhall ran for like, I have the stats here. So Ben went 25 for 40 for 263 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And while that second interception was on a two, the two minute drive and you know, in an instance where it was, it it was do or die. Most of the time that's going to lead to something bad. The first interception was a deep ball to Mike Wallace. That was nowhere near Mike Wallace and then returned for a touchdown on the pick six. So that's not great. Meanwhile, Rashad Mendenhall, while he did have a very costly fumble, rushed 14 times for 63 yards and a touchdown. And Ben also had four rushes for 31 yards. I mean, it, it is, it, I don't know. I, I kind of get it. Like, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, you've already won two. You're at your third. Both times that you've won a Super Bowl, the wide receiver the star wide receiver of that game has walked away with mvp so you got to be itching for one you know like a a, a super bowl mvp would be very nice on top of that you don't have you know your rashad mendenhall is young he's new to the league you're not totally convinced that he's that guy i mean maybe you do just put way too much in your hands but at the same time like guys got to be you they had one of the best offensive lines in football like guys got to be pushing like hey guys let's just run the ball maybe that'll work on top of that green bay did have one of the best i mean that was the the charles woodson was on that team um i mean nick collins was on that team i believe darren sharp was on that team um i don't remember who the other there was another big name corner that was on that team as well It, it was just it was it was a great secondary 13 years, though, I think that's the biggest headline, the bigger headline here. We could go back and forth about was it his fault, was it not his fault. I think the bigger headline is for somebody to be holding that grudge for 13 years to come out and say that. I mean, what does that say about Ben Roethlisberger? Is that just a show of maybe how differently some guys view him than others? Well, yeah, I mean, so we're not the ones that had to interact with, I mean, you had to interact with Ben Roethlisberger almost every day at a certain point. Um, yeah. But, you know, we are not the ones who were in the locker room every day with him. Um, I'm sure it's, it's not hard to imagine that we, that fans and, and we have kind of a different view maybe of Ben than, than his teammates do. And it's, I, I do understand it too, a little bit, a guy who was on the offensive line, it was a good offensive line. Like, 
there could be some feelings that like, well, why didn't our coaches trust us? You know, we were yeah. just as capable of, you know, having that game in our hands as well. Um, you know, running to keep up with a team that scored 35 points seems, you know, seems a little dicey, but yeah, I, it's, True. that's interesting that there was, that just, it this was held on for, held on to for that long. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I think Ben does have a reputation for being a little bit prickly, but you know, I'm sure there wasn't, I don't know. This also feels like an issue he should have taken up with his offensive coordinator too. Yeah. 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 It feels like something like Max Starks is around the team all the time. He's there every Sunday. Feels like maybe this could have got out, you know, a little bit. And and I'm sure he was backed into a corner when he was asked about it, but like, I don't know. Like you, you dropped it. You dropped the ball. You didn't, nobody was like, he didn't say something that was very secretive, even though he tried to be secret. He was as blatant as blatant could be mm-hmm. about whose fault he believes it was. And I don't even know if it's like all Ben, like maybe he was looking at it and going like, yeah, Ben wanted his, but at the same time, like maybe Mike Tomlin had issues there. I don't remember who was the offensive coordinator. Was that the Todd Haley days? It might've been Todd Haley. If it wasn't Todd Haley, it was possibly Bruce Arians. Though mm-hmm. Those guys, maybe it was one of them that was just had too much stock in Ben Roethlisberger, not enough stock in the running game. Maybe it was a jab at everybody. I don't know though. For a guy that hangs out there that long, you'd, you'd think that the, those would come out sooner than 13 years later, but I don't know. Here we, here we are. Ben never went back there. The Steelers never went back there. That was the end of it. It was a rough time to attend uh, it. Maybe that's why he's bringing it up to say like, Hey, look at, you know, maybe there's a reason that the Steelers never returned to the Super Bowl. They never had a great running back after that. Outside of Le'Veon Bell, who they refused to pay. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely question, questionable. But definitely very shocking to wake up right to that this weird. morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's Super Bowl week. Things are coming out left and right. I actually love Radio Row because you talk to everybody and you just sit there and you scroll through your timeline. It's just the most random human beings right? talking about the most random. I was watching Sugar Sean yesterday on the pat mcafee show and i was like this guy is electric why is he at a super bowl like what is the point there and it's just it's pretty it's pretty awesome um there is more news coming around the pittsburgh steelers jerry dulac of the pittsburgh post gazette who always has an insight on something or another says that the steelers top option at backup quarterback is still mitch trubitsky however they understand how rough the cap space is and how clearing eight million dollars certainly helps their situation if he is cut the name that Dulac names or says is the one to watch is Jacoby Brissett, former New England Patriot, former Indianapolis Colt, former Cleveland Brown, who was on the Steelers radar last year. We talked about him a little bit, but it didn't seem realistic because, you know, you just kind of looked at Jacoby Brissett and said, you're coming off of a really bad time in Indianapolis. You don't really have starting quality material right now. Maybe you got to sit for a year. Goes to Cleveland. Starts 11 games for Deshaun Watson, goes four and seven during that time. Now, Dulac saying he could come to Pittsburgh. He matches the offense. He played under Matt Canada at NC State along with Frisman Jackson and Eddie Faulkner. Do you think it's a name? When I heard that one, I won't lie to you. Jacoby Brissett is a very unimpressive guy, but the more I thought about it, the more I said, for what the Steelers are possibly looking for in a backup quarterback, maybe he does fit the mold. Yeah, um, this guy is a career backup. Um, he has made a decent living for himself. 
mm-hmm. in tough spots. Um, yeah, he's not the most impressive passer in the world, but he doesn't have to be. He's your emergency quarterback. Not emergency, but you know, he's your backup quarterback. Yeah. You're not putting him in in an ideal situation. And he's proven that he can be a game manager and he can, you know, keep your head above water while you rely on a, a good defense. That's the reality of the situation. If you're turning to Jacoby Brissett, you're obviously not in an ideal spot. So yeah, I think he does a good job of yeah, keeping keeping your team's head above water and uh keeping them in the fight and giving giving you a chance to win even when your team is not at its best. Um in that way I think it's a valuable it would be a valuable addition to the Steelers. I don't think there's anything there with Mitch. Um no. I kind of don't understand why he's their top uh you know top target at that position heading into this offseason. Yeah, I don't either. I don't get the Mitch attraction. I think it's the way it's been explained to me is the Steelers are being super cautious because they understand that Kenny Pickett is not where he needs to be right now. Like Kenny Pickett made some good strides at the end of 2022. I think we could all acknowledge that Kenny Pickett right now is headed towards the right track, but we can also acknowledge that Kenny Pickett is not a very good quarterback right now has a long ways to go before he is a good quarterback outside of winning a couple of late games and kind of having that factor. Yeah, one check mark is off of a box, but there's plenty more. And they don't want to risk anything. That's that's the thing is Mitch was a really good mentor, was able to help Kenny make adjustments and talk to him on the sidelines in the middle of games and work with them and film that whole nine. They don't want to take that away and risk Kenny kind of taking a step back. I think they fully understand how fragile the situation is. And while people are very excited about Kenny, you know, he's not, he's not there yet. And he's not even close to there yet. Like he needs that this full year to kind of take pretty dramatic steps at the same time. Like, I don't know. I I think that they're prolonging it a year for absolutely no reason in a number of ways. Like keep Matt Canada for a year, just because you're worried about Kenny Pickett. Okay. If Matt Canada doesn't work out, you got to rip that bandaid off in year two. If Kenny, and you got to hope that Kenny Pickett made enough strides to where that doesn't affect him. Mitch Trubisky, you got him for another season. You're going to put yourself in a really bad cap situation because of it, just because you don't want to screw up with Kenny Pickett. And then after another year, if he doesn't take the necessary strides, you got to do it anyways. And you can't keep Mitch Trubisky. It just doesn't make any sense to me to be this cautious about situations and then ruin everything else around it. To say that, though, I think Jacoby Brissett fits the mold that the Steelers are looking for. A a veteran who has experience, who has won, who's played around big guys, who, who can be a mentor, who gets the team riled up. I mean, Cleveland loved Jacoby Brissett before. They loved him more than Deshaun Watson this season, let's be honest. Hmm has that potential could come in here one you know they started hot so if you need him to come in here and play a game or two maybe he could win a game or two but i think he fits the mold and he he played for four million dollars this past season you know you want to toss him three three and a half you're still saving four and a half million dollars right on a quarterback yeah and yeah i think we're all being a little bit too sensitive to the Kenny stuff. You know, it's like getting rid of the guy who getting rid of one of the quarterbacks that he used to work with. I don't think he's going to completely derail his career. No. Um, And if it does, then Kenny is not that good. Right. That's, that's the other thing. Like if if that's enough to really upset him, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Yeah. And the thing is you cannot, 
you cannot keep guys around that aren't making your team better yeah. just because you want stability around your one quarterback. Again, you just don't need to be this sensitive with him, I don't think. Um, you make the team as good as possible around him, and you just got to – and you hope that Kenny can handle Like, this is – I don't know. that. I, I don't agree with – the idea that you need to keep Kenny around or keep guys around just to make Kenny feel good. Um, if it's receivers or something, that's yeah, that'd be a totally different. Situ- if they were like, you got to cut Deontay Johnson. I'd be like, well, who's the backup plan, but for right. a backup, like who you keep him for, you're telling me that what if it was Mason Rudolph? Let's, let's put that out there. What if it was Mason Rudolph? Who was the number two worked very well with Kenny was like the mentor clearly hated in Pittsburgh and wanted nothing to do with the situation after the season, you would be in a situation where you have to replace him no matter what. And even if he wanted to stay, the Steelers would still get rid of him. It's just because they like Mitch and they wanted Mitch to be that guy. It just which doesn't. The, which makes no, I, I don't know why they're holding on to this so much. Like you, you missed the no. quarterback evaluation. He wasn't what you thought he could be. That's fine. Like you got to move on though. You can't yeah. get stuck in and I the think idea they were, of trying to, I think they were good at the quarterback. Like, I think their evaluation was fine because they they backloaded his contract so that they could, if they screwed up, they could get out. But that's the thing is you set yourself up for success and now you're contemplating failure because you're going to look at it and go, well, you know, Kenny Pickett needs his backup quarterback. He needs his blanket just in case. And it's just, and on top of that, like, what has Mitch done? I think that's the biggest part is if you're going to pay Mitch Trubisky $10 million, if you're going to take an $8 million cap hit this, well, $10 million, but you know, if you caught him, you save $8 million. If you're going to tell yourself $8 million is worth our backup quarterback, that guy has to be able to come in here at any moment and win a game. Like you can't have any worries that Mitch Trubisky can replace Kenny Pickett and be the guy at a, the, the click of a heel to come in here. And then if he has to do it over an extended period of time, continue to do it. Mitch Trubisky has never shown any of that ever. He had one impressive game, impressive game against a really bad Tampa Bay team, like an awful Tampa Bay team. And then came back on a full week's work and won another impressive game. Besides that has shown literally nothing, nothing to the Pittsburgh Steelers has actually lost to them games. Yeah, kept them out of the playoffs. Possibly kept them out of the playoffs with the Baltimore Ravens disaster. Yeah, you know, not worth ten million dollars. Right, and I was going to say if this was a much lower number, I, I don't know. Maybe you consider keeping around. Like, there's yeah. some reasons to do that, but just you're already struggling with cap space. Why would you use some of your valuable cap, your limited valuable cap space on a backup quarterback that? again, hasn't really shown you anything that he's worthy of that much money or spot on this roster over anyone else. Like it's, it's a little bizarre to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's just weird. And we, they, they should not hide behind the same kind of continuity argument that the excuse that they're using for, for Matt Canada and, yep. and for Mitch. Yeah, you only, you only get to use that one time. It's right. with the offensive coordinator and it doesn't make any sense with the offensive coordinator, but it really, really sounds dumb using it for your backup quarterback like you sound you for one it makes it sound like Kenny Pickett is a child and yeah. is just 
utterly screwed if you are not overly cautious with this guy. And if you truly believe that, Kenny Pickett's not your guy. Right. You drafted the wrong guy. Yeah. You, you like you just he, he's not right. it. And if that's how you're thinking as an organization, then you are never going to win another Super Bowl because you will forever tell yourself we need to be overly cautious. And cautious does not win you Super Bowls in the NFL. It just doesn't. I mean, look at the look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles quarterback is Jalen Hurts. Nope. The Steelers wouldn't have never in a million years drafted Jalen Hurts. Ever, ever, ever. They would have never made a trade for A.J. Brown. They would have never gotten rid of Tyree Kill and believed in themselves to continue to win. They would have never made all these things. You know what I mean? Like, if the Steelers are, are taking that cautious of, a, of, of an approach, they're never going to compete with these bigger names. So, mm. bad move. Bad. I, I mean... Jacoby Brissett makes a lot of sense. I never thought that I'd be a Jacoby Brissett, go get him type of guy. Mm-hmm. Decision is Jacoby Brissett versus Mitch Trubisky. Ten times over, I'm signing Jacoby right. Brissett to three and a half, three million dollars, and I'm telling him, hey, come mentor this guy and and be a, a key part to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023. Maybe sign him to a two year deal to give him some, you know, stability somewhere, and feel really good about it. You know, feel really good about it. All right. Other thing I want to talk about, other news that has come to the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Brian Flores, off to Minnesota, accepted the defensive coordinator job with the Vikings. We were on hours before that decision was made, talking about how he should probably take a defensive coordinator job over the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. He did. It is not the job we expected him to take whatsoever. I mean, is it? I'm just going to be blatantly honest here. Is it a bad move for Brian Flores? Because my first thought was maybe this wasn't the most ideal spot for a guy trying to revamp his career. Yes, I thought the same thing. Um, I don't know if I'd go as far to call it a bad move. You know, any step yeah. up for him is 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 has to be a good move. You know, this is a guy who a former head coach who has a lot of pride. I don't think he wanted to spend another year um being a you know an assistant coach or even a senior defensive assistant um for the Steelers but um but the thing is he had it felt like he had his pick of jobs you know I feel like Minnesota wasn't his only option and that's where he landed it probably isn't the most ideal look it'll be an impressive an impressive piece of work if he or impressive thing to put on his resume if he can actually make that Minnesota defense into something that you know something um but they need some work done um there's a little bit of talent there but the vikings really need some work done so it'll be kind of a tall order for him when he probably could you know we don't know the inner workings of every deal but he probably could have taken that that denver defensive coordinator job if he wanted right like yeah i mean you'd have to think that he's pretty high up there he'd probably have to wait i think that was starting to come into play he's yeah. like okay well the vikings really want me the cardinals job is not it Mm-hmm. do I wait it out for Denver and like take a chance? Uh, probably that was on his mind, but the Vikings, like I- I'm just doing a, a little, a, a little Google search here because I'm trying to find team rankings. And the first thing that comes up is a December middle of December article that says now that is titled now presenting your 32nd ranked Vikings defense. That's uh, that's rough. I will say, I will say this, that I think that, the Steelers defense was very bad when Brian Flores came in here. I, I didn't think that it was headed in, in the direction that it was. I thought that it had plenty of talent 
and it filled uh, some good holes, but did I feel that they were going to be where they were at the end of the season? Not a chance, you know, not a chance. And to come in here and be one of the best defenses in football this season, both statistically and, and I think overall play wise, and to have guys like Mark Robinson play huge roles, Robert Splain pay play 100% of the snaps the last four games of the season, Levi Wallace be your second most productive corner on the field with Josh Jackson and James Pierre playing big games. And then have games where you're like totally blown out by the Bills and the Eagles. So your stat lines are just awful to still finish the season ranked where the Steelers finished on defense is is very impressive. And I I do have to you got to give credit to, to, to Terrell Austin there. But I think Flores showed that maybe he could step into a really bad situation and turn it around, especially if they give him time. Like if they're like, okay, look at, you know, we're going to do our part to help you then okay. But I don't think, I don't think the Vikings are bad just because they're bad. I think they're at the end of a rebuild. Like they're at that point where everybody's starting to leave their team, got old, their defense got old. And then, you know, then now they got to do it all over again. Maybe he's the key guy for that. It was going to say, how much time are they, do you think they're going to give them? Because this is, I mean, this is a team that was the number two seed in the, in the NFC this past year, right? Two Um, seed. were they the two seed? Or yeah, I believe maybe the three, maybe the three uh, seed. But they were up there. They, at one point, they way, were considered yeah. the favorite. Yeah. Either way, they had Super Bowl aspirations entering this year. So I just don't know. Like, there's going to be a bit of pressure on him, well, on that team, but him by extension to Flores by extension to win and win immediately. Yeah. Um. It seems like he's going to have to be that guy pretty quickly for them. Because the window, I mean, you have to imagine, I don't know when Kirk Cousins' contract is up, but they've... I want to say it's this season. It's after this season. Yeah, this window's not going to be open for them forever, and it this feels like a move to me by the Vikings to try and capitalize immediately on the talent that they have now. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And I look, it, for the Minnesota Vikings, it's a win. Like, they, yeah. got, they, they got a great hire at defensive coordinator and maybe Brian Flores didn't have the job opportunities. And I think that that does play a little bit of a role. Like, you know, maybe he was just in a bad situation. He didn't want to wait it out for Denver. I mean, I read this morning that who was it? It was Terry Bradshaw actually that said Sean Payton did not take the Arizona Cardinals job because of Kyler Murray, something we've talked about. Maybe that's, you know, how he viewed the situation and just said, this isn't ideal, but it's better than returning as a senior defensive assistant to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023 and kind of just floating under the radar. You probably get a pay increase, which is nice. You get a better role in the team's development, which is nice. And it's not like, I mean, the Vikings have names to work with. I mean, Harrison Smith is getting old, but he's no, he's no slump. You know, he's still Mm -hmm. Harrison Smith. Um, I don't know if Patrick Peterson's coming back for another season, but that dude had a great year. Eric Kendricks is over there. Uh, Daniel Hunter's over there. Zadarius Smith is over there. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is over there. Like, there's there's names. There's right. enough names. I don't know why they were bad. The Vikings always just strike me as a bad team. Like, even when they're yeah. good, I'm like, well, they're the Vikings. They're not very good. You know, they're not yeah. really good. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah. I just remember the se- the entire season, no one actually took them seriously. Not even no. when they beat the Bills up in Buffalo. They were just like, eh. Uh, yeah. You know? Oh, and that game was ridiculous. Yeah. R- ridiculous. Yeah. Then now it's just the Vikings. Like, maybe it's the Kirk Cousins effect. 
Yeah. And, and I think that's I think that's absolutely it. Like yeah, it all just kind of boy every time you think you think about believing in the Vikings, you're like, Well, am I gonna put my faith in Kirk Cousins? Yeah, is uh, it gonna be Kirk Cousins? Probably mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. But if I mean, hey, would a good defensive coordinator do they just hire a new coach or is it the same coach? Um, they had a new one a couple Last years year. ago. Forget right? his name. two years ago. I don't remember, but it's a newer coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, sw- swaggy Kirk Cousins with the chains, so that's got to help a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now you got a now you got a new defensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't feel terrible about the situation. Do I think it was the best move? No. In the grand scheme of things, do we get to you know if somebody offered me the Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator job, and or the Pittsburgh Steelers senior defensive assistant job, I'm going to Minnesota. You know, right. I'm gonna learn how to ice skate, mm-hmm. deal with the cold. And it's going to be just fine. You got a chance to win Super Bowl next year. No matter what anybody says, that team's still going to be just as good. Right. So maybe it was the right move. Either way, I don't know. Not what we were expecting. No. So you got to take it with a grain of salt and just see what happens. But congrats to Brian Flores. Uh, I won't lie. I know where Brian Flores lives. I drove past him awkwardly. I, I don't think I've ever told this story out loud, except for like maybe to one or two media members. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove. Brian Flores lives like kind of by me. And which I don't like. There's a there's a fine divine. but fine line between like oh this is where the journalists and the normal people live and then here's brian flores's house yeah you can tell where yeah yeah you know you're not in my neighborhood you know like Mm -hmm. he lives by me he's not my neighbor Mm -hmm. um and i drove by him one day awkwardly and i know who he is i don't know if he knows my name but he he knows who i am like we've had conversations and I'm driving by windows down. I'm probably bumping something ridiculous. I mean, like, you know, me, Taylor Swift was probably playing or something. I was just going to say, yeah. And I look over and it's Brian Flores getting the kid out of the car. And he just looks me dead in the eyes. And I look him dead in the eyes and he's in his driveway. And I just, I just like gave him a head nod and looked away. And I look back and he's got a big smirk on his face. Cause he's like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I wish I didn't see you because I yeah. don't want to know where you live. I don't, you don't want me to know where you live. You know what I mean? Like, there's just yeah. no that being said, now that he's leaving, I am 100 percent going to see what the price of Brian Flores, house is. And on top of that, because I can't buy Brian Flores, house the way you think I am. <laughs> and, but I've gotten into this thing where I'm talking to my fiance and I'm like, yeah, I think we should start going to open houses for like super fancy houses just mm. to see, you know, just to like yeah, just a peek. Just a peek. Like, what are you doing on a Saturday morning? Nothing. Mm. Let's go look at a fancy house. Like, you know, mm. let's go act like we have an opportunity to buy a fancy house. Can we? No. But like, no, but you don't need to. It's an open house. Yeah. How often are you getting to walk into fancy houses there? And I just want to know what the inside of a Brian Flores, probably a rental home. Like, there's no way he owned right. it for a year. Looks like in Pittsburgh. And I'm going to I'm going to go figure it out. And I'm going to I'm going to report back. Because I'm sure it's ridiculous. Ridic- I have one heat, one radiator that works on the two, top two floors of my apartment. I mm-hmm. guarantee you that's not the case in Brian Flores' house. I, yeah, but, I'd almost, almost certain. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking heated, like probably heated countertops. That's how right. nice it is. So I will be there and we will get a full report of what Brian Flores' Pittsburgh home looks like. I'm going to try to sneak pictures. So Tune in next week, everyone. Tune in next week. Yeah, to a couple of weeks. I'm drive by every day until I see the sign. Like, oh, there it is. I'm going. I'm going. Got to make a phone call. But we'll see. Either way, I think it's a good move for Brian Flores. Great move for the Minnesota Vikings. So shout out to both of those guys. All right. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Like this video and also subscribe anywhere 
you get your podcast. I will be back on Friday with Derek talking plenty of Alex Highsmith contract extension and a name that he gave me the other day that many people are excited about in the NFL draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He does not think they are very impressive on the tape. Very excited to talk about that. Find all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com and enjoy the rest of your week. Peace. <laughs>